Runaways, we've covered science, technology, aliens, magic, and now we're about to dive into some time travel. Here, I don't want to say it, but it is the series finale of Marvel's Runaways on Hulu. So stick around for the Marvel's Runaway After Show on AfterBuzz TV. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz What's up, everyone? We are back here for Runaways After Show on AfterBuzz TV. Lauren and I, I'm joined by the amazing Lauren B. Hey, you guys. Thank you for so much for joining me this season. We are down some Runaways, but you and I have been holding it down. I love the conversation. Yes. I love just you as a freaking host, a person. You, you are awesome to talk to. And I love that you love the show just as much as I do. Thank you, Allie. It's been a pleasure working with you. And it's sad to go. Don't cry. Don't cry yet. We still got we got we still got to cover this episode, okay. girl. We'll cry after. <laughs> holding it together. Yes. But I'm your host, Ollie Drennan, and I want to shout out everyone in the chat who's been holding it down this season. Nicholas Kelly, Ivan Soto, Ghost eight three eight six. We see you guys. But we're here tonight for I don't want to say it again. I'm just gonna say the episode ten of season three. Cheat the gallows. So, Lauren, what are your initial thoughts on the, this episode? Because this wraps up our amazing season three. But, I mean, it's kind of come full circle. We're yeah. seeing a time jump after the death of Gert. Yes. And I kind of took this episode as not only kind of a hint towards the most current run of The Runaways, but also it's come full circle of how The Runaways started in episode one, season yes. one. How everyone was... Uh, estranged from each other and distant and this is kind of like a reuniting of the runaways which was literally episode one of season one so what were you thinking about this episode and your initial thoughts this episode man there's so much that's happening in this episode I literally was having this moment of like okay we got this (laughs) storyline over here and then we got this storyline over there but they did this really unique and creative way of tying everything together as you mentioned they did this whole not even call back, but they took us back. Literally. They literally took us back to season one. And we, we were back in 2017. Back at the high school. <laughs> back at kicking it in the yard, in the courtyard. Right. Seeing all the characters in their original state before the craziness, before pride and everything that was just shifting their life. Right. And that was really beautiful to see. It was. It was, it was a nice goodbye. I know, which I don't want to say. It's so frustrating, but I loved it. It was so nostalgic. I say nostalgic, uh, even though it was only two years ago when this show started, (laughs) but it definitely just brings you back to the time that a show you fall in love with, but when it first premieres and how much you you fall in love with it for the first time, it's like, wow, they really did their thing with this series finale episode. Um, But why don't we just get into this episode and kind of like the numerous topics, because I want to cover like everyone if we can if it's possible i think it's possible i think we can do it with you girl we can do anything (laughs) so why don't we get on to chase or should we say future chase because we okay well first off let me just say that we're in a time jump it's three years since the death of gert and the defeat of morgan so we got to break down each and every single one of these characters so let's start with chase okay because we got future chase meanwhile the current present day chase he has a nice beard, but he's <laughs> literally just trying to find a way to resurrect or stop the death of Gert. Right. To bring her back to the way things should be or, you know, 
the runaways all together alive. But meanwhile, we meet future Chase. And he's uncovered a way to to make that happen. So it's really interesting. So what are you thinking about this? It's kind of like a new character in a sense. It's a character. Very much so. It's a character we know, but he's had some growth himself and some scars. Right. Yes. Right. From a victor, which is kind of a (laughs) note to the comics. But what what were you thinking about this new Chase from the future? I love him. He's so mature. I actually have to say, I just love majority of the future versions of each one of our characters of the Runaways, Mm -hmm. just because they were mature. And and it's just beautiful to watch them learn from their past mistakes or triumphs or Mm -hmm. just relationships growth and just see them handle the situations Mm -hmm. in a more grounded space in this chase he is so grounded he's he's Mm clear-minded he knows exactly what he wants and how he needs to do it and it's so different from the present day chase because present day chase he's still discovering himself he's still trying to figure out who he is as a you know be, uh, a scientist as a scientist or an inventor very you know much wherever so. he wants to be because we see even like he's still in the um the hostel the underground hostel the mansion and he just has a bunch of wizard tech yeah so, and he's just trying to find a way he's working we find out later uh he's working with alex alongside alex to kind of find a way for time travel to happen and um it's just it, he despite him not having maybe like full-on personal growth because he, he's just so dedicated to finding a way he's having a lot of like skills growth correct you know it's kind of like the power growth that nico has yeah. but it was interesting and i loved i really just fell in love with future chase because he was essentially in this episode the leader of the runaways yes very right? much so he was so smart he knew what he was doing he had all this developed tech that he probably made for the most part maybe he had some uh, help from wilder but <laughs> it was so cool because we've never seen chase in this type of role he's always kind of been the one to he's come up with plans however Correct. he's not never been the leader to tell people what to do he really stepped into those shoes and just to watch him stand alone because oftentimes we saw that he was the game like plan for this whole episode that was beautiful to yeah. watch like i've never seen chase in this moment mm-hmm. and normally like you said we're watching him kind of fall suit of whoever's plan even when he was dealing with his dad right and dealing with technology and discovering and how to come up with something he was still operating from this space of someone else's idea and then trying to make it better or fix it or whatever the case may be Mm -hmm. and in this instance we see him be a man of his own and implement everything pretty much on his Mm -hmm. own with the exception of alex yeah and this also kind of reminds me of like fighting fate you could kind of redefine fate and especially fate that wasn't deserved you know that's like who wants to say that death girth girth uh the death of girt was deserved it wasn't you know even though it happened in the comics it's like we don't want to see gertrude die like are you kidding me and i loved his speech at the beginning about talking about the two one of the two most important factors of life are um love and time And so he kind of stole the the the, <laughs> the York's time traveling thing. And even it's funny because in the comics, like I said in the last episode, that the time travelers were the Yorks. However, kind of that was given to the Steins. Even in season one, we kind of see that time traveling concept developed with uh, Victor and mm-hmm. Chase, kind of. So it was interesting that they revisit that. It was almost a, like a homage to 
the the first season as well. Yeah. Which I completely forgot until now. <laughs> <laughs> no, when I saw that um, scene, I was sitting there going, oh my God, this is the tape that we were watching on the other end. Mm. And I thought that was really clever on the production's mm-hmm. side of like just bringing together, tying Everything. all the stories like, together. It's literally coming full circle. It's crazy. And I loved kind of seeing Chase when, like basically what happened was Alex comes back from, or it's future Alex, and right. he is full-on evil. He's attacking people. He has his own plan. We'll talk about it a little bit more in depth. But the whole thing is that Alex eventually tries to go back to the day before meeting Pride. Right. You know, and we got to stop this this evil Alex. So it's full-on, the full-on evil Alex that we're used to in the comics. And so I loved Chase, future Chase, going into the past and seeing Gert and how Gert was kind of being bullied by Chase's own friends. Yes. And he didn't necessarily save her, but I loved him seeing Gert and interacting with her and how much he missed her. And the fact that just seeing this Gert was also the Gert that we knew. Right. The Gert that was, no matter what, even if she was being bullied, she was standing up for herself. She wasn't going to take any crap from any boys or anyone that was going to bring her down. And that was like, I miss this Gert. Well, one, I miss Gert. But this is the Gert that we know and love, even though it was in the past. But I definitely just love that reuniting of Chase and Gert in that that particular scene. That was beautiful because from an actor's standpoint, it was so interesting to watch him try to contain himself mm-hmm. but in the same time he just he he was he literally had that boiling pot effect going on where it was like no I love you and I want to tell you that you're amazing and I miss you can I just give you a hug right she appreciated what? the consent that he's that he asked yes. first and foremost <laughs> that was beautiful and mm-hmm. then she went back to her old girl right you know I I See, this is why I love Gert, because she is so... She's feisty, but with reason. You know, she's so confident. And so she is the social justice warrior. Um, So why don't we talk about a character that was a little different from Gert, Carolina. Because Carolina in the future time jump, she's not with Nico. She's with Julie. uh, (laughs) His girl, Julie. And Julie's actually from the comics. Um... But this Julie in the comics is called Julie Powers, and she's actually a hero herself. She has the ability to fly really quickly. But this Julie iteration of Julie just seems like a normal, average person. Mm-hmm. But what did you think of her kind of moving on from Nico and being with Julie? And also kind of just like, no matter what in this episode and this season, Carolina, Car- Carolina even though she didn't have a big, big, big role... She still was there for everyone, and she wanted everyone to be on the same page and just to help, especially Nico. Yeah. I think this was a moment for Carolina to just take her life back a little bit. And for someone that, you know, with one of the episodes that we watched um, previously, we really saw that Carolina was the poster child. And before everything happened with pride she was the poster child then as everything's happening with pride she's the poster child yeah. and then even when we're trying to finish everything off with pride and we're going into the dark dimension she's the poster child yeah it comes back <laughs> it just keeps coming back that she is what everyone expects to be so just to see her in a different light of like nope i'm living my life i've moved on yeah this was a part of like a chapter it's now closed and i'm going to try to find love because 
it wasn't working or mm-hmm. I can't sit around and wait better in this sense because I think it just became one of those situations after the death of Gert that it was like, how do we live? Yeah. And I feel for her because that's how she felt that she needed to leave, uh, live. She needed to leave everybody behind yeah. and continue on with her life. And I really can't be mad at her for that. You really can't. I, I, I'm a firm shipper of Nico and Carolina. Do not get me wrong. <laughs> However, it's su- it's such a relatable thing. Like you, a situation you find yourself in, you love someone so much. Yeah. In this case, Carolina and Nico. However, if that person that you love isn't going to be there for you or let you open up to you or leave right. like Nico Dip did, out. <laughs> it's kind of like, sh- I, should I wait? No, I shouldn't wait. Yeah. spend my life waiting for you if you're not going to... It's like timing is everything, you know? But also, if I'm going to be with someone I love, I want to be with someone I love. And I want to... I can't... My life doesn't stop if you're not going to be here. Absolutely. And that's basically what happened to this future Carolina. And she moved on to Julie. And it was an interesting relationship. Um, But speaking of Nico, Nico has grown herself. Yes. Um, As I've said before, maybe not so much in personal growth... But I think she also showed that she wanted to because this whole scene, this whole setting of the future was the anniversary of Gert's death. And she mm-hmm. actually saw her phone, everyone, and she was like, should I reach out? Should I? But it was, she was also meditating yes. before that. She was meditating. <laughs> she was floating. This was a different Nico. And we were talking before the show started and you said you loved this Nico. Yes. Because you, you said like, no makeup. She yes. just seemed so zen, as you were saying. So what did you think about seeing Nico? This zen, kind of like one with herself, Buddha type of vibe. I absolutely loved it because it was a different layer to Nico. Mm-hmm. We're so used to seeing her physically with like a lot of dark makeup and mentally or emotionally in her state of like, I have to fix it, I have to fight, I have to be the one. It's me. Like, that type of vibe from her. To see her in this space where she's like, I'm powerful. I know who I am. Mm -hmm. I know what my power holds. It was just this new level of confidence. She knew herself, and I think maybe that was one of the biggest struggles and issues with the present day or older version of Nico is that not only was she fighting, you know, pride and dark dimensions and different things, but as a teenager, she was also trying to really discover who she is and had a lot of responsibility with her powers. Her powers were very dangerous and deadly. Right. Evil. Magical. Something she's (laughs) completely, that's foreign to a lot of people. Right. (laughs) So her layers of dealing with her circumstances were a lot heavier than everyone else. So to see her accept who she is and understand, because we saw, you know, maybe two episodes ago, her struggling with, okay, this is a gift. It's not necessarily good or bad or dark or evil. And Tani really helped her to figure that out. Mm -hmm. This transitions into this beautiful one with herself, Nico, Mm -hmm. that is just mature. Once again, I'm going to probably say this several times. I love some of the maturity that has developed between some of these new runaways. Right. And I feel like she was ready in that, that particular moment when we saw her without the makeup and I feel like she grew so much in her powers, but also she was ready to grow even more and to connect back with her friends, her family, the runaways. She was ready to show that raw, real face. Like that was powerful to me because 
it's like, no, you're not going to see the, the, the fa- quote unquote facade. Yeah. You're not going to see what you think I am. You're going to see me, Nika Minoru, full on, no makeup. And what I'm capable of. And I'm going to go back and connect with my friends before getting shot in the face by future (laughs) Alex. But it was so cool. And I think it also reminded me so much of going back to season one. There was a, I don't know if you remember the scene in the bathroom with Carolina and Nico. There was a scene where uh, Nico was putting on makeup. Mm -hmm. And Carolina told her, you know, you could put on that makeup, but it's not going to show people who you truly are. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, like, and then Nico's response was, of course, something very, like, anarchist about, like, yeah, people can smile, but people really don't know what's behind that smile. So it wasn't those word for word, but that's literally what that scene stood for. Uh And so to kind of have the future Nico... Such a beautiful recall there. Kind of, basically, and have no makeup and just ready to kind of reconnect with everyone. So I just, I was, it was really, there's a lot of depth this episode that, like, I'm not even realizing until really unpacking it with you. Yeah. And of course, I mean, like I said, she gets shot in the face by Alex, but it doesn't work out because her powers grew. Yes. How excited were you just seeing, I'm like, okay, she stopped a bullet coming from her, going into her face, basically. So how excited were you about the possibilities of this new Nico and what she could do? I was, okay, obviously I was very excited. However, I was intrigued because, and they even mentioned this throughout the episode, but she's like, I no longer need the staff. And that was so beautiful to see because maybe a couple episodes ago we were talking about how, you know, the staff was broken. Now Mm -hmm. what does this mean? And now the staff is a part of her, so what does this mean? Mm -hmm. So now to see that she still obviously uses the staff to, you know, her certain degree that she needs it, but for her to be able to call on her power without feeling like she's chained or bonded to something, that's powerful in itself. And I sat there like... The training wheels are off. They are totally off. Yeah, I didn't even realize until you brought that up. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like, we, the, staff totally of, the staff of one is bomb. It's so cool. It's so iconic. However... If you don't really need it because you've grown so much in your abilities, damn, Nico. Isn't that crazy? Props to her. It was so cool. So, But it also made me sad because, oh, gosh, the possibilities of what seeing Nico full on in action, live action form, you know? Oh, yeah. Without the Stab of One and just her being able to. I mean, I love this scene, um, jumping ahead of when they were in the past and just... It was future Alex on the bus. Yes. And then there was uh, past Alex. And then (laughs) there's this crazy scene of him hijacking the bus. And this kid who still wanted Hillary to be elected. He had so (laughs) much hope. Uh, I was with you, brother. (laughs) But, and then just her knocking everyone out in an instant. Yes. So I'm just like, oh my gosh. And now she can mind wipe. Right? (laughs) I'm like, she's, she's even says, oh, even... I know my parents did it, but I mean, I had to in a sense to <laughs> it for the future and the past sake. I had to do it. It's right. so funny. She's like, I try not to do these things. <laughs> you become your parents sometimes. You really do. This is what happens. I don't know, but she's revamped. She's powerful, but it was very, uh, I felt for her still because the reason why she left, she reveals is because she felt like she just had so many deaths on her hands. She was constantly mm-hmm. around death, and maybe she felt like she was causing these death, espe- deaths, especially since um, she had this huge role with Morgan, and, I mean, Morgan was the one who pushed Gert into the chandelier. So yes. I feel like Nico was secretly dealing with so much guilt, and 
on top of her not being able to harness her powers. So, but of course, our girl Carolina, she was there to back her up and said, you know what? I know, Nico, you wanted to figure things out, your powers, but me and everyone else, we just wanted to help you figure them out too. So why couldn't we have helped you, you know? I understand Nico, but I also, I, I see both sides of the coin, you know? Very much so. So it was just unfortunate that, you know, that had to happen. You know, the separation of three years. Nico was gone for three years. She was just so strong-willed in her in her mind. She just she just took on way more than she needed to. Mm-hmm. And I maybe that's something that most people do. You know, that's one of the really interesting things about Nico as a character. Like she literally goes over and beyond when it comes down to like the weight in her. I guess her guilt. That's really what it boils down to. She takes mm-hmm. on way more guilt than she should. Yeah. And it's sad, but it's one of those things that we just seen constantly and constantly and constantly go. Sometimes it's literally what's taking them downhill. It's just like, let Is that you, go. Yeah. And it's so beautiful to see her let that go and come back and understand that we can work as a team. Everyone can carry this weight and right. guilt with you. And the outcome was totally different this time. Yeah, and her whole demons within her, her darkness inside her, that's literally, to me, reads, it's such, it's so symbolic of kind of your literal, like, uh, metaphorical demons within yourself of being self-defeated sometimes, yes. being so hard on yourself, your own worst enemy, and just kind of being, like, uh, just so hard on yourself to the point yes. of, like, it ruins relationships you could be it's the self-sabotage yes of her phys, her actual darkness that's makes her powers however <laughs> it also reads so much into her personality and that is so relatable to so many people like i know how what it is to be self-sabotaging totally yeah so i think that's why so many fans of the show and people comic book readers really resonate with Nico in particular. Absolutely. And it's interesting because then Carolina, when they have their conversation and their one-on-one, it's almost as if she's like, I never stopped loving you. Which she did, which she actually ends up saying towards the end. But in her initial, like, encounter, there wasn't any hostility or malice or anything towards it. It was just understanding, okay, you had to go do what you needed to do, and I made my decisions to move on. Mm -hmm. And how Nico responded was beautiful, too, because I I feel like if the old Nico had to listen (laughs) to those words, it would not have been the same response or listen or be in that present moment. It just wouldn't have been. It would have been very defensive. So we've seen her grow. Mm -hmm. We've seen this... Or I guess the whole moral of the story is meditation does wonders. <laughs> you saw it at her, her Zen being Zen. I think maybe I should meditate. Maybe we should all meditate Let's more. Meditate. You know, I don't know. And also you bring up Carolina again. I just going back, I think it was so cool to see her. And I feel like her character just really made a lot of progress too in the series. I mean, her being the face of the church, which you were talking about, like, and then realizing that, oh, wait, I am... I'm queer, you know, like I am. Yeah. And to see her in the future being so open and so willing to love. And even though she has the history of being the church, I think, and her obviously being kind of part alien and that queer yeah. people identify with that whole concept of feeling like an alien, feeling like an outsider and her just ready to move on with her life. Despite all of that, mm-hmm. Carolina Dean, Carolina Dean. I love that character so much. She's so amazing, and I wish she had a bigger role this season. But she, yeah, her she role was more, a little small. I wish she was more support. 
You yeah. Know? And I love Virginia Gardner, who plays her. She's awesome, too. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll go to season four. But we got to talk about <laughs> Miss Molly. Because Molly did some growing, too. Literally. I'm, like, looking at growing. <laughs> she physically looks like an adult. And she's not even, like, 18 yet. But she is, like, the captain of the cheer squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, back at Atlas Academy. Calling shots. Right? Telling people where to go. Like, she is so, like, open and straightforward now. Whereas, like, she was this little turtle in a shell. Now, yeah, not only is she a leader in this team... She, it goes back to season one, girl. It's like, yeah, I have to go back to season one when Miss Molly tried out for the dance team with our girl Eiffel. Ugh, give her the side eye. And how that didn't work out in her favor, but she grew so much in the span of three years despite missing Gert, her sister. And so it was really cool to just kind of see a, a grown-up Molly, you know? Yes. It's still Molly, however, it's her really realizing the power not only that she physically has, but actually has as an individual. Like, I, I learned so much from my team, the runaways back in the day, of being kind of, like, led. Now it's my turn to lead. That, so was, that was beautiful. Cool. That was absolutely beautiful. Really? I literally, I literally, when she was giving the shots for their stunt that they were about to do, I was like, this girl, like... Mm-hmm. This is not the same Molly to see nah. her. It, she has this strength that's now vocally there. And she's not a quiet person because I think if we remember in season one, she almost had like this little whisper and she didn't really talk really with her voice. She did mm-hmm. more of that little nature. So just to hear her call out the shots, give out a count out, and it was mm-hmm. just beautiful. Right. It was also beautiful to kind of see. Um, the, there's two scenes. There was a scene with the other cheerleader that was under her, who I don't think was a senior. Molly was a senior at this point, mm-hmm. who was just so like loving of and respecting of Molly and yeah. how her she was the captain. And to me, that almost read as like the leader, like that 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 girl, that cheerleader reminded me so much of Molly. You know, like a, a, yes. original Molly, the Molly that we maybe season one. But also, I love just even seeing uh, the past when they went back and just seeing uh, Molly and Gert, kind of their little interaction of how Molly wanted to do the dance team and then Gert saying, oh, that's so, that's so... (laughs) I haven't taught you anything. Yes, what what I'm failing as a... But despite that, being Gert, being Gert, she still loves her sister. And despite that, she still supported her. So that just reads so much into who Gert is. She's not, like, the the complete, like, left-wing, like, no. Right. Super this, super that. It just shows that there is, like, Gert really does love her sister Molly and is going to do whatever to support her. She's not completely against, you know, what Molly wants to do, you know? (laughs) So I just love that. And, oh, God trying not to get emotional, but I'm just sad that we might not see this dynamic play out anymore on television, on Hulu, Disney Plus, whatever. Um, Ollie, but we can't be grumpy. <laughs> I'm not grumpy. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm regressing. I'm going back to season one of Nico or something. I don't know. Um, any more thoughts on Molly? It was cool to see her kind of have a quick little conversation of the future. Well, not future Chase, but like it was like, Future, future chase. There's future, future chase, and there's also future chase. Right. But she w- went back to the hostel. We saw old lace, mm-hmm. little old lace, and how despite Gert being gone, uh, old lace was fine. Like old lace was not like this ravaged dinosaur, super chill, super zen. Maybe old lace has been meditating. Right. I too. think old lace has been meditating. But it's almost <laughs> as if Molly took the place of Gert. Almost. I feel like she did, and you know, physically, no, she can't ever take 
the the place of the bond. But she became Olace's caretaker, and mm-hmm. you can see that she comes in. She's like, "Hey, girl," da da da, and she she has this whole vibe, which is beautiful to see. I think, like I said, um, maybe like a little second ago, Molly's vocalness has gone from like night to day mm-hmm. we see her come in knock on the door and demand for chase to give her attention <laughs> right and he's doing everything to shut her away and the old molly season one would have been like oh man my feelings are hurt walk away you know kind of deal with it internally mm-hmm. and it was so beautiful to actually hear her say hey this is the anniversary of my sister's death mm-hmm. and I really would like for you to be my friend. He's, he's like, what? No. He was like, maybe eat some pizza, mm-hmm. hang out with me. She was very strategic, very straightforward. She's like, look, I need you to come be my friend. Yeah. And that's something throughout all the seasons where we really, Molly kind of struggled with being vocal and expressing right. how she felt and what she needed from people. So when I heard her express exactly what she needed, I was like, oh, Molly. Right. And as, as small as that scene may feel in comparison to the rest of the episode, for me, this was one of my favorite scenes to watch because, girl, this, you yeah. got to tell him what you want. That was <laughs> amazing. Even though he did ultimately kind of not, he listened to her. That was the point. Like yes. He, didn't disregard her. He opened the door for a little oh, bit. Yep. He did reject her, but he still listened because Molly was so assertive in that, that Very moment. Very much so. So that was awesome. And, I mean, I guess we still have time. We gotta talk about our boy Alex. Alex, there was... A, okay, there was kind of three Alexes that we saw. We had the past Alex, yes, obviously. Alex. Future <laughs> Alex, but also future, future Alex, who was the evil one. But it was so cool to see yep. Alex... The middle Alex, future Alex, and how he was kind of like doing his best as an inventor, a scientist. He was seemed to be like the head of like reinventing the Wilder name, basically. Yeah, and how all the, the stigma that came with the Wilder name and that how was awesome. To that see. was cool, and I think that's so important for his character, especially being the son of Catherine mm-hmm. who killed Darius, and then even Jeffrey Wilder, who's mm-hmm. gotten into some legal trouble himself, especially being in prison himself back in the day. Yep. Um, so what were your th- thoughts on kind of like this new Alex, who didn't seem to show any signs of the evilness that we were expecting? When we're, Obviously, we'll talk about the evil, evil Alex. But. Yeah. Well, this version of Alex was awesome to see because we were walked through the innovative center. Yeah. And the reporter, you know, was all up in his face and kind of break some news. Yeah, break some news, get some tea, throw some jabs. Wasn't working. He was. He was so smooth. He was. And collective. Like, strategic. Super strategic. I was sitting there like. This, like, he is calling the shots. Right. He's running a whole business. He's talking about what he wants to do in the community, keeping the legacy for his dad. Right. He's helping the underprivileged people, too. Yes. Like, that was his whole motive. You know, I feel like that's what... Jeffrey kind of wanted to do that, but I feel like Jeffrey, he did that at the cost of... Yep. Of other people. Of the 17 kids that they uh, sacrificed throughout the years. I feel like Jeffrey had so much stigma because of like him trying to leave his community but then Mm -hmm. still honor his community and was just uh, this really weird balance where he could not 
find the appropriate balance because on top of if, if he was just dealing with those two elements it would have been one thing but then also dealing with pride it just made it very very difficult right so to see alex respond to the reporter about his dad and he was like look we are clean if you want to go talk to him knock on his door for real and i thought that was very straightforward it was just it was one of those situations where Alex was like, I'm not about the mess. I'm over here. I'm running a clean operation. I'm really about my business and helping the, comi- the community. Right. And if you want to report about this, then we're here for it. If you don't want to report about all the wonderful things right. that we're doing and you just want to be messy, then fine. Go knock on the door and you can ask him yourself. Exactly. And I love that assertiveness. Right. I loved it. And you know that reporter didn't go ask. He was too scared no. to mess with Daddy Wilder. <laughs> um but also, I mean, we got to talk about future Alex, because this future Alex was the evil Alex who was trying to, that we were expecting. And yes. we, we got him. We got the full-on evil Alex that Tandy saw in the, the, yes. the in her hopes of Alex when she touched him and seeing him steal all the powers and whatnot. Because remember, Alex is the only one with super without super abilities. I mean, Chase, he's has the Fistigons. However, Alex stole everyone, everything from everyone, yes. you know, in that, that hope sequence. So this evil incarnation of Alex from the future, future, is trying to kill Nico. Man. Um, and he is just dead set. What were your thoughts on this? Because we're balancing the good Alex that's doing good for the community and trying to reinvent the Wilder name as long as, uh, as well as himself. But also we're dealing with this evil incarnation of Alex who is just ready to assassinate the runaways. It's really interesting to watch because my takeaway was that Alex is hurt. He's hurt and he's been wronged by so many folks and now it's kill or be kill. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of sad because that's ultimately kind of the element that we were living in with the dark dimension Mm -hmm. and we were living in with Morgan and we were hoping that we left that behind. So to see that it lingered past Gert's death. Yeah. It was, it was very sad to watch because all the other characters have moved on. Yeah. And now we're watching this evil version of Alex kind of be stuck with pain and heartache and, even though he was evil, I still felt for him. Yeah. Because he kept saying, well, someone someone in this group is going to kill me. Someone tried to kill him, apparently. A bomb that did not end up killing him, after all. So that makes me wonder. And it's clever, because on the writing, it's very, very clever. Because was this just an excuse for him wanting to go kill Nico? Mm-hmm. Or was this really a threat to him, and he felt like he needed to be defensive? Yeah. So... He had his own little note. Well, we'll talk about that just quickly. But we got to talk about first changing the future because they are dead set on it. And in a way, as much as I love these future portrayals of these characters that we know and love, it was nice to revisit the past. And these, these future characters, despite how interesting they were and how much growth they had, they were ready to give up their themselves yes. in order to save the past, save Gert, and rewrite history, basically. Yes. So that was insane. And they are successful in doing that. And future Chase sacrificed himself. The, the whole scene was rewritten. It was changed. And it was so cool to see them. And then 
Nico having the conversation with herself yes. and how she basically said to herself, her former self, we always had that mission, that, that, that thought, if I could go if back I, yes. to my younger self, she basically told her, don't be afraid of your, don't be afraid of your friends. And it's not about the power. It's about your friends and opening up to them. And so what were your thoughts on that particular scene and kind of Nico kind of learning from the future? Well, I thought that was interesting because it goes back to our point in conversation that we had earlier about her zenness and her, her being one with herself and understanding who she is and understanding her power. So I felt like this was the 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 kind of like button of the moment, the kudos that she really got it, and this is this is the core of why she was able to move forward and come back mm-hmm. to her friends. So it was good to verbally hear that. And it was yeah. more confirmation, I feel like, for the audience to really understand this new place that the present or the future Nico is in. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes you wonder, because you know how dimensions work yeah. and everything. And it just makes you wonder, did this moment impact anything that Nico right. could have done then? You know, how many times did they have to jump backwards to do this? (laughs) It was crazy to kind of like, and then uh, Chase that gets like stuck on the phone. So he's gone from it. He's replaced by the future Chase who ends up sacrificing himself. Like I said, he took the place of not only that Chase, but he also took the place of the death of Gert. So Gert wasn't killed. Morgan still slung her across the room up against the wall. I was like, oh girl, that must have hurt. Just didn't hit the chandeliers. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) A couple feet away from the chandeliers. Right. But I loved also that it also, we got to revisit Gert and how he told her, stay Gert, stay. And of course, Gert being Gert, she didn't listen to him. Because nope. Gert, at the end of the day, Gert, it stayed so true to her character because at the end of the day, Gert is not that damsel in distress. No. She doesn't need saving. And she actually did help in the assisting of not only keeping herself alive, but also Chase being able to finish out the salt circle. Yeah. So I loved what they did. I loved wrapping it up and I loved seeing Tina come back out and seal up Morgan. <laughs> Bye Morgan. You're not going to do You're You're done. You're sorry, Elizabeth, your character's gone. <laughs> so any more thoughts about the showdown and how everything wrapped up and everything literally came full circle yeah. with the salt circle. Oh Ooh. girl, <laughs> we are breaking this down. Oh my gosh! Any more thoughts before we move on? No more thoughts. I think you you hit it like perfectly. Okay. In this moment, I just I agree. This was epic. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. And I'm just the, for me personally, I was just sitting there like, is this gonna work? Is this gonna work? Are y'all gonna jack up the timeline? I know. I, there's word <laughs> on the whole cliffhangers ending, <laughs> which basically it wasn't as cliffhangery as people thought. What yeah. happened was. Alex, everyone was saved. The parents, no one died except for Future Chase, who and all the future incarnations of our runaways Correct. disappeared. And Alex ended up finding a note from the future self of him. Was it said, "Kill Nico uh, and hide Mancha." So that was that was the only cliffhanger. Well, that brings us to our comic book corner. Oh, teach me. <laughs> really quick. Before we get to some news, our wonderful comic book corner segment where we just talk about some of the references and whatnot from the comics. We know Alex turns on the runaways in the comics. However, that note, there was constant things about Mancha. There was a character, 
Victor that was mentioned also that mm-hmm. gave Chase the scar. And that's actually a character known as Victor Mancha. So that's one character mm. that this show this uh, episode that was referring to, and it's actually the son of Ultron. Ultron from the MCU. Really? Yes. So I would have really loved to know what they would have done. And he actually is thought of to be like this evil villain in the in the future. Kind of similar to Alex. However, in the actual Runaways comics, he is... He actually joins the Runaways. So oh. this son of Ultron actually ends up being the Runaways, despite everyone thinking the future self of Victor is evil. So it's very confusing, I know. Sorry if you're not following me. But also, <laughs> one more thing about the comics, this particular episode reminded me so much of the run that's going on by Rainbow, where Gert, or the future characters are uh, kind of seen, and future Chase tries so hard to resurrect Gert. Mm, okay. And he does. And this actually brings up, the Runaways are also uh, estranged, so this episode literally reminded me, reminded me of the run that's going on right now where Chase saves Gert, but he saves Gert when she's 16 and everyone else oh. is an adult. So that's literally the particular storyline that's going on right now. And of course, there's there's Nico and Carolina. They're dealing with their, their relationship problems in the comics. And Molly, she's like stuck with her grandma she's oh. she's she's the youngest yes so it's such a good exciting comics that everyone sh- a comic uh, book run that everyone should check out now that the series is gone oh my gosh i don't know but it's we do i things. do have some news for you lauren okay and you just got to give me your insight and what you think about this news all right let's hear it well first things first i gotta spidey has to take his glove off to get to the news i'm so sorry <laughs> i'm so sorry y'all oh, oh. i wasn't ready because i was just so excited about talking about comics <laughs> but lauren get this uh the showrunners josh Schwartz or josh Schwartz and stephanie savage have something to say about our quote-unquote cliffhanger ending. Okay. So, they were talking to E! Uh, Entertainment Weekly, and they had this to say. We're treating this like a series finale, Schwartz says. But, we always want to have the potential for another story mm-hmm. out there, whether it's something that we get to see on screen, or something that lives on in the imagination of the audience. <laughs> so, Savage agrees, adding, I think the most important thing that was that was that was that we just wanted the audience to feel like this group was very much together at the end, solidified as a family, and that if we're hoping that their last runaway adventure was in the rearview mirror, they were probably wrong about that and that there would be more to come. Mm. Also, finally, we had planned a finale that could go either way for the reason that we felt like that would not be clear to us by the time we had finished breaking this season. So... In conclusion, it was clear to us that the future of the show was going to be out of our hands. And so we wanted to ensure that the finale was as as satisfying as possible. Right. So they kind of were, like, unsure a little Mm -hmm. bit. So I think that ending makes a lot of sense. I'm satisfied with it. I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. But, you know, we want more. Right. We definitely do. And I think they they accomplished their goal. Yeah. Everyone was re- reunited. Everyone did feel like a family. Mm-hmm. That theme stayed true. Yes. So they definitely accomplished that. And it's like still left out. Like there could. I love that there's a possibility, potential story. Absolutely. But. They just keep you know, teasing us. It's and just I want the tease. Them, I want them to stop teasing me. And of course, they teased it with our boy Alex, who yes. is, you know, very questionable character in the comic books. 
But any more thoughts? Because we don't have predictions anymore. Our prediction is whether or not they're going to have a spinoff or a continuation. Do you think? On Disney Plus. What do you guys think? Like, Guys, let us know what you think if there's going to be predictions. Please leave a comment. All I think... All I'm going to say is that I think there needs to be. There should be. There's so much potential. I feel like the story is just getting started. Like, so many people resonate with this series' cast of characters. Even the parents. I know they're very questionable themselves. But they redeem themselves. I mean, they saved Molly. They were here for their kids. They Some of them are dead. But, um, I mean, come on. <laughs> we can't all live and be... It can't be a complete happy ending. No. But, I mean, the show's over. Did you think that it might come back? I feel like it will. I really do. I feel like once everything is settled and I'm, you know, there's money to be made. Right. (laughs) There are fans here Mm. and we do not want to be left hanging. So the way that it ended, I feel like there's so much potential. Mm. And, you know, Disney, please. I couldn't agree more. You know what I would love? I would love, someone in the chat just reminded me of this, Uh, Brandon Bowie in the chat says this, Runaways and Cloak and Dagger should become young adventures. Could you imagine if... Brandon, that's a great idea. Right? If they, you know, don't do Runaways anymore or Cloak and Dagger, but who's to say, why wouldn't they just put those shows together? That crossover episode was very fluid. Like... It was good. It made, it was, that was another tease. And it just made so much sense. Interesting, and you know, I'm not a comic book, you know, guru, so right. I don't know all the back ends of how that would work and operate. But theatrically, I think that would be beautiful, visually beautiful, and the storytelling already we know from these both these shows is beautiful in itself. Yeah, but unfortunately, we have to wrap up. I don't want to say it, Lauren. But we do. And it's such a bummer because this show has meant so much to me in these past I've three years. I've had so much fun. Like, and you, I know you just got here. You're like zapping. I'm like, no, Lauren, don't <laughs> go. We're just getting started on this show. It has so much potential. Like, this show has meant so much to me, like I said. And just growing with these characters, I felt like I've always wanted to run away. And I felt like I didn't want to be myself like some of these characters. But, like, just being able to see them grow, it made me kind of get out of some of those dark places and it's like whether it was a relationship that I shouldn't have been in or whether it was I was unsure of myself you know I don't know like I love this show and I think that's why it resonates with so many people because we've all been in these characters shoes you know Mm -hmm. for the past three years I felt for these characters I cried with these characters I literally cried for this on this season finale when everyone was rapid or when everyone was reunited but I'm going to stop talking before I start crying again. No, we're, we're Lauren, not going to do it. Lauren, you're we're not crying. You were so freaking awesome. I hope we get to go on another after show. We will. Maybe a Marvel one. <laughs> but until then, we are going on break for the holidays here at After Buzz. But Lauren, where can we find you on social media over the holiday break? And anything else you want to plug? Well... As always, you guys, this has been fun. I definitely have to say I love our super fans so much. You can always find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lauren B. Mosley. That's M-O-S-L-E-Y. And if you are a Viking fan, you can catch me on Wednesdays here at AfterBuzz TV. Yes. And until then, Lauren, I love you. You're amazing. <laughs> I'm your host, Ollie Drennan. I can't believe I'm saying this, but this is the final episode. I love you guys. It's been a pleasure. Shout out to everyone in the chat. Ivan, Jenna, Brandon, Madness Arcade, Ghost, 
Love you guys. You can follow me on at, on all social media platforms at Ollie Dreamer. Check out my cosplay page on Instagram at Ollie Cosplays. Until then, guys, maybe season four runaways. Who knows? But maybe. we will see you guys. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. <laughs> 